welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss current events in the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Kareem, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journeys Travel Company. We can't discuss all of the headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. What kinds of trips are you working on this week? <laughs> so many cruises. So many Shocker. cruises. Shocker. It's just, <laughs> well, you know, I love it because I always, throughout my career, this is going to go into hippie woo-woo time now, uh, I have found that when I decide within myself, this is what I want. This is what I want to be working on. Back when years ago, when I was like, I want to branch out into FIT, that's the business. It just came to me. Like every time I've been like, this is what I want. And I just kind of put it out there and made room for it. It has come. And I have been loving how I have liberated myself from doing all types of travel and just said, I'm focused on cruises. And like the odd resort package, which is also super easy and have a lot of clients who like to do both. Uh, And that's what's coming. Like I'm getting other inquiries too, and I'm pushing them out to my team, which I love, but I'm just getting like pounded with cruise. Yeah. I mean, if that's the manifestation of things and it's just like, you know, you just speak it out and and, and yeah, it sounds a little woo woo, but like, that's what you are attracting. So in my personal experience of 16 years, it works. I recently did, I've been doing a lot of one-on-one consulting with some other business owners and somebody was like, well, once I get all these systems in place and I have the extra time, what do I do to get more business? And I'm like, in my experience, you're not going to have to do anything. You're just making the space for it and it's going to come. Yep. Uh, so if, if that doesn't happen, then you go into perhaps some marketing efforts. But I've over and over again during my career have made room for things and they have shown up. So welcome to my TED Talk. Thank you for your TED <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, before we get started on today's articles, this episode is brought to you by Toby AI and Voyager websites. Visit voyagersocial.ai to take Toby for a walk. First on our list is from Travel Age West, how to find the best destination management company to work with, or DMC. And Mm -hmm. this article is written by um, a contributing writer, and he is the marketing director for the Jordan Tourism Board. And so his perspective is from Jordan as a country and how he has seen the best um, or one of the best strategies that he can advise to or travel advisors, his clients, Mm -hmm. um, to find the best DNC to work with. Because as we know, for those who do FITs, there are so many. So how do you decide which one is the best one to work with? And that's tough. That's a good, this is a great topic because there are a lot of advisors out there who do FIT and they think that Europe Express and classic vacations and maybe go away are the only game in town. And while no shade to them because they really are super great companies, very supportive, very helpful. If you are looking to give your clients a more, authentic and even more seamless experience, these DMCs are usually on location. So if you're moving in that direction where you want to do these custom itineraries, you want to be taking a look at what DMCs have to offer. 
And oftentimes for DMCs, you can book individual components. You don't have to have like hotel transfer tours, for example, because I know a lot of tour operators like, you know, go away or even, you know, my go-to for inside Japan, they have a requirement for a certain number of components to be booked. So mm-hmm. with DMCs, oftentimes you can just book transfers or you can just book certain components in the trip. So how do you choose the best DMC to use? Well, one thing that uh, Omar, who's the contributing writer, what he does at the Jordan Tourism Board is he suggests that advisors create a request for proposal for the DMCs. And one thing that he says, uh, so he says there are so many different DNCs and it's okay to use multiple ones for a particular country because they focus on different niches. So in Jordan, for example, DNCs can focus on faith travel or adventure travel or luxury or history and culture. So you need to figure mm-hmm. out which DMC to use based on what your client's interests are, what they would like to see. So one thing he suggests doing is to create a request for proposal and send that to the DMCs that you're considering for this trip. And this allows advisors to quote unquote, gather intelligence and proposals from various DMCs in the specific destination before recommending anything to their clients. And one of the things too, that you can tell from the request for proposal is the response times, the quality of the communication, and if there's attention to detail based on what you've sent. And so, you know, when you're evaluating the proposals from DMCs, those are things to look at in addition to pricing, the variety of the products, the quality of the guides, accommodations, and transportation options. And I always like to, when I send out a request for proposal, Give them all the information. And of course, I have a template for that. Um, and ask, is this a good fit for your company? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to waste time if it isn't, right? Right. Or, you know, if they say, yeah, but we'll get back to you in four weeks, that might not be ideal in that situation or whatever. But I like to ask the question, is this a good fit for you? So that mm-hmm. we're not going down a, a waste of time avenue. Exactly. And you can let them know too, that you are sending this proposal to different DMCs, because if they're looking at your details and it's not something they work with, they'll respond back with, you know, thank you so much, but we deal with more faith-based travel. And it seems like you're more into the adventure. This is not something that we're suitable for. Or this is below the budget we work with or what have you, which is smart on their part so Mm -hmm. that you now know, and then you know for next time if there's somebody you're going to want to approach or not. Yep. All right. Our second article today is Travel Agent Central, is from Travel Agent Central. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Reminder, travelers to Europe will need digital authorization next year. Now, I've been seeing a lot of posts about this. It is technically not a visa. It's a digital authorization. I think visa is usually the easier way to explain it to a client because they kind of understand what that is, Mm -hmm. but technically not. So the article says, as we head into the second half of 2023, now seems as good a time as any to remind you that travelers to Europe from 60 visa exempt countries, including the United States, 
will need a travel authorization to enter most countries in 2024 and beyond. The European Travel Information and Authorization System will allow travelers to enter any territory within the European Union slash Schengen area for short-term stays, usually 90 to 180 days, depending on the country. The authorization will be linked to a traveler's passport and will be valid for three years or until the expiration of the passport, whichever comes first. And when a traveler gets a new passport, they will also need to get a new ETIAS authorization. It says the authorization will cost seven euros and will generally take minutes to process, although the process could take up to four days. In some instances, should a traveler need to provide additional information, processing could take as long as one month. So be sure to begin the authorization process early. Those under the age of 18 or over 70 will have their fees waived. Uh, Travelers will need to fill out personal details such as address, occupation, and travel intent. They will not be required to provide any information related to their health or vaccination status, nor will they nor will they need to provide any biometric data such as fingerprints. And something that's good to know, as your ETIAS travel authorization will be linked to your travel document, make sure to carry that same document or you could be denied boarding your flight, ship or bus. And there are some countries that will not require the authorization. They include Ireland, Andorra, Monaco, San Marino, the Vatican. How are you going to get there? Kosovo (laughs) and Belarus. (laughs) Russia and Turkey will also not require the form. That all said, ETIAS is currently not in operation and no applications are collected at this point. And they do have a link, which you can get at the link in our show notes, to um, check out for the latest information. I wonder if this is going to be like our uh, real ID requirement. Keeps it putting, pushing back for up. Uh, it keeps getting, it keeps, keeps getting pushed back. Getting, <laughs> like, I had like a brain freeze. <laughs> I think, uh, and I haven't really started talking about this in depth with my clients because I'm worried about the same thing. So I've got it now in my workflows to reach out 90 days out Mm -hmm. to start having the conversation about it. Last on our list is an article from Travel Weekly about handling suppliers' terms and conditions. And this is from their lawyer, their in-house lawyer, Mark Pestronk. And the question is about cruise line contracts holding up in court Um, and how we as travel advisors need to pass on the cruise lines contract to the consumer as soon as it is received from the cruise. So the question is, do we just forward what the cruise line sends us other than the agency copy with the commission on it? Can we just send a link? What about tour operators or all-inclusive resorts, terms and conditions? Uh, If we have to send out all these documents, our advisors will have a lot of busy work and the client could be overwhelmed. So what is the answer to that? How can we send these out? Well, he says that if a supplier requires that you send its agreement, aka terms and conditions, or TNC to your client, you need to do so. Keep a record of what you sent so that the client cannot blame you for failing to send it. However, in most cases, suppliers have no such explicit requirements. In those cases, it is sufficient to send the client a link to the TNC. You can put the link in the agency's invoice or itinerary. Again, keep a record of what you sent. I actually have terms and conditions uh, 
templates for all of my frequently used suppliers that have to link to our terms and conditions and their terms and conditions. And that's what the client signs off on when they sign off on the charge. Yeah, I include the link in the invoice, like before they finalize it. It's, and also for any FITs, I'll link the terms and conditions or upload the terms and conditions for the particular supplier into the documents tab. So I'm like, it's all in there. If you guys don't read it, that's on you, but at least I have evidence of it being here. Um, It says that it would also be a good idea to cover yourself by adding a relevant notice to your agency's disclaimer. At the end of the paragraph that states that your agency is an agent for travel suppliers, you can add many suppliers, including cruise lines and tour operators, have their own terms and conditions, and we will send you links to them so that you can read them and agree by checking a box if required. Yeah. And he mentions that he realizes that in some cases we have to act more quickly, like when the supplier requires that we click the I agree on the client's behalf to secure a desired but popular booking. And it may be too late by the time the client realizes they need to click. In those cases, the client will have had no notice of what you have done until you tell them. It would also be a good idea to mention this possibility in your disclaimer so that you will have implied you will have implied permission to have checked the box for the client. At the end of the same paragraph, you could add, if a supplier requires that we check a box in order to make a reservation, you authorize us to do so on your behalf. I will be coming back to CNP this into my terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's so crazy the number of things we have to do to protect ourselves. Yeah. Alrighty, we're ready for some excess baggage. Oh yeah. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, archaeologists have reportedly found the ruins of Nero's Theater under the garden of what is set to become the Four Seasons Rome. Even with the discovery, the hotel is reportedly still on track to open in time for the Vatican's 2025 Jubilee, which is expected to feature record crowds to Vatican City. Another one from them says that expedited passport services have taken off amid unprecedented processing delays. Those with plans or aspirations to travel sooner than later are increasingly turning to private sector passport expediters as an alternative to dealing directly with a swamped federal bureaucracy. Sometimes referred to as passport couriers, they offer personal assistance with passport applications and can help speed up the process by hand delivering documents to passport offices and retrieving them when ready. These days, their phones have been ringing off the hook. Travel Weekly reports that Seaborne has taken delivery of the Pursuit, its second expedition ship. They also report that American Airlines plans NDC acceleration, saying results are above expectations. That could be bad news for TMCs and leisure travel agencies that have not yet made the commitment to develop NDC capabilities. An article from Travel Pulse outlines how Southwest Airlines is reducing and adding to its schedule based on new changing dynamic for more leisure travel. Southwest said on its earnings call for this quarter that it expects to make $500 million with the moves to reduce some midweek flights and add almost 20 destinations. August is Black Business Month. Go check out this article article from Travel Pulse that shines a spotlight on some of the remarkable Black entrepreneurs who have established their mark in the hospitality industry. Travel Agent Central reports that Italy has started a direct train service from Rome to Pompeii on Sundays, which takes tourists and visitors to the archaeological site in under two hours. 
And our high note today is from afar. U.S. air travel has been a disaster this summer, but help is on the way. Legislation that will fundamentally improve the air travel experience is making its way through Congress. The new bill promises a more robust system for providing passengers with refunds and reimbursements for flight cancellations and delays, ensuring transparent airfare pricing, an easy way for air travelers to submit their complaints, and more. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello, please just DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye.